You're listening to the CAD Manager Confessions Podcast, episode 20. In this episode, I'll be sharing an interview I did with Stacy Morgan as part of Series 3 of my CAD Management Masterclass, where I interview some of the best CAD managers across different industries. Thanks, Stacy, for being a part of the podcast. And now, play the intro. This podcast is for CAD managers in their pursuit for the perfect set of plans. Each week, we'll be doing deep dives into what CAD managers deal with every day as they manage and mentor their CAD team, build and enforce standards, develop best practices, and provide leadership and vision in the implementation of new technologies. With an extensive career as a CAD manager, I'm here to confess all my lessons learned, strategies, and all my project delivery secrets. If this sounds like the right place for you, then let's get started. I'm your host, Eric DeLeon, and welcome to the CAD Manager Confessions Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the CAD Manager Confessions Podcast. I am your host, Eric DeLeon. In this episode, I'm continuing my CAD Management Masterclass series by interviewing another fellow CAD manager. Today, I would like to welcome Stacy Morrigan to the podcast. Welcome, Stacy. Thanks. Stacy is from the Pennsylvania area. Stacy is an engineering technology manager, former CAD manager, Autodesk certified professional, Autodesk Civil 3D certified professional, a top-rated Autodesk University speaker. Again, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Hey, so yeah, so thank you for being here again. Just um, I know you haven't been a CAD manager for a while. You've been doing some other kind of CAD management kind of duties and positions. So um, if you could tell me, you know, tell us the, the CAD manager confessions audience, uh, you know, where you work at, how long you've been there, and what do you do? Yeah, so um I actually work now at uh, Gannett Fleming, and I've been there a total of uh, one month. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, but prior to that, I worked for um, a mid-sized engineering firm, probably about 1,200 people, civil engineering firm by the name of Pannoni. Um, so, you know, similar type of role at, at Gannett where... Um, you know, I, I don't know if you call it a CAD manager, design technology, engineering technology. It's kind of hard, right? I, yeah. I feel like there's there's been different labels right. throughout through, through the times, right? So, yeah. um, but really just, just responsible for having a, a voice and, and helping to support those users um, every day who are using Autodesk products specifically or MicroStation products and, and you know, helping to support them and their efforts in the project. Um, and then, you know, working with the executive leadership to come up with an overall strategy of where things are going uh, from a technology standpoint. Great. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting though, right? As we have, uh, you know, there's, I guess, CAD management has different flavors, right? You have CAD managers, CAD coordinators, CAD administrators, technology managers that kind of, you know, it's, it's, we all do kind of the same stuff anyway. It's just how we label it. But, um, but yeah, it's pretty cool. I saw, I was looking at your, um, you know, looking at LinkedIn and kind of seeing your history. And so, um, you know, it all started out as a, being a, 
a civil site designer. So one of the questions I ask people is, you know, what is your CAD origin story? Oh, my CAD origin story goes way, way back. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I actually started on a, on a drafting board. If, if anyone knows what they are anymore, <laughs> they're probably in a, in a museum somewhere. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, but I actually started in, in high school. And uh, do you remember the old uh, tablets that you had with the pucks and the 12 yep. different buttons? Yep, digitizers yeah, so actually, or that type of stuff. Yeah, or? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I actually started on one of those, and um, you know, and and given the little blocks and the front view, top view, side view. <laughs> yep. And uh, I thought, you know, this is pretty cool. And then uh, the the teacher told me, you know, you can do this for a living. And I thought, wait, I can actually make money doing this. So that's awesome. And it just it started there. Uh, I went to a technical school. Uh, vocational technical school for drafting and, and design uh, technology and when I you know graduated from high school there I started working as a co-op for uh, Pennsylvania Department of Transportation the United States Geological Survey you know really just uh, small and large engineering firms across the central Pennsylvania and now East Coast Pennsylvania um, you know I won't say I bounced around a lot because you know, I've got a, I, I haven't really bounced around a lot, but I, I got to see it from both sides, right? From a, a small engineering firm perspective and then also a large engineering firm perspective. Yeah. So, so actually that's a really good, um, no, I, I think that's a really great experience when you can, you know, you've been on both sides of the spectrum, right? Small and large firm. What do you think is some of the challenges that some of the, you know, how do I say it? Because um, it seems like when, when we hire folks from a small, I guess it may be limited to the exposure, the types of projects they work on, right? Because usually when we hire folks from like a smaller firm, I mean, they're great at the software, but sometimes, um, sometimes, I'm not saying all, at, all the time, but it seems like majority of the time, um, you know, they just haven't had the challenges, right? So you've kind of seen both sides. So you know, what, what do you think are some of the challenges? So if somebody's listening to right now and they're at a small firm, um, you know, what are some of the things that they can do to help them, um, you know, strengthen their skills and or prepare them for that transition to a larger firm? Learn. Learn as much as you can. Ask a lot of questions. Uh, try and take on too much, right? But just, just learn. Um, whatever you can, even if it's if it means that you have to learn after hours um, or network with other professionals and, and go to these conferences and or virtual events and just learn as much as you possibly can because the technology changes so rapidly right. uh, that you know what you know now may not be relevant in, in a month or two from now or even a year from now, right? So constantly engage, constantly learn, constantly talk to people and um, it'll be just fine. Yeah, nice. So I actually, I was, and I totally missed this when I was looking at your um, profile um, on LinkedIn. Yeah. So you're an adjunct instructor as well? Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's, there's been that. And, and most recently, um, I just got accepted into the Expert Elite program oh, congratulations. Uh, with Autodesk, which is, thank you. It's very exciting. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. But yeah, I think, um, you know, in this area, 
I mean, I could go on a soapbox about training and, and technical <laughs> skill sets yeah. and, and staff, right? I mean, yeah. a lot of times what I've, what I've found in this industry is that, you know, engineers go to school for four years. They get, um, you know, a bachelor's in engineering, right? They yeah. did four years of that. And they come into the workforce and then, you know, they're, they're kind of pushed into this design functionality, right? But they've never touched the software because yeah. most of their classes, or maybe they had one CAD class, right? Yeah. And let's be honest, it's probably like just a, a AutoCAD white class, right? Where yeah, here's correct. how you draw a line. Here's what a layer is, right? It's, it's yeah. very, very um, entry level in comparison to what, to what you need to do on the job and for the project. So, right. um, you know, one of my you know, hiring people on and, and helping to bring that skill set into the company, what I realized and recognized was that there there's there's two year programs out there for, for drafting and design technology or for TAD, whatever whatever we want to call it, right? Yeah. Um so I went to the community college locally here and, and I said, you know, where are your graduates? You know, what what's your program like? And um and he actually flipped the script on me and said, well, where are you from? Where are you coming from? And, you know, what company do you work for? And why are you looking for people? I'm looking for people who can help teach. And I always wanted to be a teacher when I was younger, right? Everybody yes. asks you what you want to be when you grow up. Mine was a teacher. Um, so I thought, well, you know, I'm I'm always interested in sharing knowledge and bringing everybody together at the table and hearing new ideas and and coming up with new methods and uh, processes. So I thought, well, why not, uh, why not get in from the ground level and, and influence the next generation of CAD managers, right? I mean, yeah. who doesn't want to have that type of influence? Right. Um, so, so that's what I did. I started, um, I started teaching uh, engineering graphics at the local community college and uh, a lot of bright people and very interested in, in, in this sector. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's good to constantly, you know, just share that knowledge and continue to pass it down. Otherwise, what am I doing? Yeah. I, yeah. Well, well said. And yeah, I'm, and that's kind of my, so <laughs> almost everything you said there is kind of what I close hold close to my heart as well. Um, one, that's why I, I did this podcast, um, is to hopefully, if I can share the, the, the lessons learned that I've learned over the years and the ups and downs, if I can share that with somebody one step behind me or one step in front of me or right next to me, if I can help just one person, it's all worth it. Um, doing this master class was that same thing too, right? Where do CAD managers go to learn about CAD management type stuff? So I figured let's get the best CAD managers or CAD manager types in the industry and let's share their stories. Um, but similar, similar. So for myself, um, you know, I got my associates in CAD technology at the local community college here in Salem, Oregon. And um, right. yeah, thank you. And so, you know, it's been a 22 year journey since, um, but I'm also a part of the CAD. They have a drafting pro drafting technology advisory board. Um, and so I sit with a bunch of local consultants or alumni to the, the college program there. And that's exactly what we're trying to do is help. How can we shape the program to, you know, have real world experience, real world curriculum. Um, you know, they use us for mock interviews. Um, and, you know, I've hired a couple of people from, from my former program 
Um, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's really cool because, so, you know, go ahead, sorry. So let me ask you a quick question then, since you're, since you have a similar experience, do you find that, that most, um, you know, most two-year, you know, associate programs, now that you're on the advisory committee, are, are you, are you finding that they're very focused in like mechanical drafting or do they offer a broad spectrum of engineering applications to work on from, from a, a CAD point of view? Yeah, great question. So the program, so the, the school I went to is called um, Chemeketa Community College. Um, and they, even back then, they're still now one of the top CAD programs in the Northwest. And one of the That's things awesome. that they've done since I left, so when I went through it, we actually did everything. Uh, we learned mechanical, survey, civil, structural, architectural. Uh, we actually did it all. We learned AutoCAD. Back then, Civil 3D wasn't wasn't quite around at the late 90s, right? It was, it was right. still LDD, but it was AutoCAD. We did right. micro, we did microstation. <laughs> we did microstation back then. Um, and right. So, right. But so it was kind of cool because I got and that I think that to be honest, that program because it was we touched a lot of different stuff. Um, it, it, that really helped me as I progressed through my career because, right, as, as a CAD professional, um, you know, I think we're one of the few, dis, the few job titles that can actually, if you're in a firm, you can actually touch all the disciplines, you know, if you're multidiscipline, right? Because, right? Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's just knowing those standards and it's just knowing how you draw them and, you know, this because the, the pushing the buttons are the same, how to draw a line, how to text, it's just me look different. Um, but no, but so, right. what they, so what they do now is they actually have um, learning paths. So if you want to be in civil, architectural, survey, mechanical, they actually have different learning paths. Um, again, some of the classes cro cross over, of course, um, but they yeah. really try to specialize you a little bit more um, because of that. And so I thought that That's was kind of, yeah. That, that, is, that is amazing and unique. And I wish other... Um, you know, colleges would follow suit with that. Because um, I think that that, like you said, it's, it's highly beneficial, right? Yeah, you, that right. way you can, you can really help out anywhere, right? Especially if yeah. you get into um, a firm that's, that's multiple disciplines like that. Yeah. And so, you know, and that's where, you know, for, you know, I sit on there, I'm pretty aggressive of just, you know, the guy, so the director of the drafting program used to be my instructor back in the day. And so him and I have always kept in touch over the years. And then finally, about five years ago, he's like, hey, you want to be a part of this committee? I said, heck yeah, sign me up. Yeah, right. Um, you know, if I, <laughs> I feel like have... we're all aggressive, right? <laughs> to some degree, not overly aggressive, not too timid. Yeah. There, yeah. There's like a certain fine line of aggression. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of funny. I'm I mean, here, here I am, 18-year-old back then, right? He was probably late 20s, right? I don't think he was even married yet. And now he's married, has kids too, you know? So it's kind of funny. Now he runs the whole program. And so, um, yeah, and so it's, you know, so there's, there's two things though, I think that we're still missing. One is real world examples. I think at the program that I was at, um, Shemekita's program, they actually tried to, one of the instructors is actually works as a civil designer for a, another local firm. So he tries to bring some of those project, some projects he's working on, he'll actually try to bring those in and use those as learning lessons. Um, as part of the curriculum where, where he can. Um, That's amazing. That sounds like a great program. Yeah. So real world examples, right? Because kids come out like, again, any, it doesn't have to be a kid. I say students because a lot of people go back, <laughs> go back, right? Go students. back, <laughs> go back to, a, um, you know, a 
pick a new career, align a career. But so these students come That's out right. and, and all they're drafting is gears, right? They're drafting a gear, they're drafting a pipe, right? Or, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's right. nothing like, okay, look. You ask them to build a road or a building and they're like, I don't know how to yeah, correct. do that. Oh, yeah. And so this group also, okay, so this group also does Revit. So they have that in there. And they also do right. your Revit model to a 3D printer. Um, so they, that's so that's, fantastic. that's part of that. So, but, so, so we're always jammed. Like I ran into him at Autodesk University last year. He was like in the hall where hey, I didn't realize he was there. And so we started talking and again, it's real world examples to, the, to show students, right? To prepare them. The other part, I think, to be honest, I, don't, I think we're, we also miss and unnecessarily it's the drafting program or CAD programs responsibility but really is some of those soft skills, um, right? Like, you know, how to, um, how to communicate better, um, you know, how to, um, you know, for people managing people, how to manage people. Of course, they're not gonna teach it at a two-year degree, but that's kind of, you know, some of those things that some, like email, how do you create and respond to email or create a spreadsheet? I mean, you know, they, yeah. have, those, they have those, I mean, I took a spreadsheet class that was a part of my curriculum, but again, you know, let's make it real world versus, I mean, doing one for a budget is great because we all do that in real life. But, you know, how do I maybe use Excel to create a, a sheet list, right? And things like that, right. make, it, make it applicable. So that way, um, you know, we're just preparing the next generation to come out that's strong, as strong as they could be um, for ever-changing yeah. industry. Absolutely. I think it's important. What you're doing sounds amazing. So uh, hopefully other, other community colleges can follow suit. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a, it's been fun. Um, so, you know, you've, man, I, I'm really, um, you know, when I saw, it's funny cause um, you know, you were one of the people, when I was doing my search of people, your name came across and then um, I interviewed Danielle Civitello last week and she's like, oh yeah. man, she stays inside up yet. Well, she was one, <laughs> she started a new job. So she's probably busy, but two was, yeah. How about, and, you know, how about I text her when we're done? I said, great. But uh, yeah, she you know, did. <laughs> she did. <laughs> One is I, I love the synergies that all of us CAD managers have now, right? As we go to these events and as we meet people in the industry, um, that's pretty yeah. cool. Uh, but but when I looked at your resume, you know, on LinkedIn, you know, again, I was very ex I was kind of bummed when I haven't heard heard from you yet. Um, you know. Yeah, so, I'm sorry. No, that's it's all right. Been pretty I, hectic. I, yeah, no, I, I get it. I get it. But inside, I'm like, okay, I know people are busy, and then she's like, oh, so. But, uh, but because, you know, you, you know, you, you and I roll in the same circles, you know, you've done some roadways and highways and, you know, using civil 3d and other things for that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. but you know, just the depth of your experience of just managing, you know, um, enterprise wide, um, systems. So with some of that, you know, um, obviously are going to come challenges. So, you know, what yeah. are some of the challenges that you have run into and, what are some things that you've overcome that to overcome those challenges? Oof. Oh, some of the challenges. Let's see. Um, well, specifically to civil 3D, right? So let's talk specifically about uh, that that side of the AEC world, okay. right? Because yep. I'm 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 not a Revit person. I'll be the first to admit yep. that. I mean, I know enough yeah, to my... get myself in trouble. <laughs> yep. And so uh, I, I would think that most Revit users don't want me anywhere close to their program. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, so I think some of the, some of the biggest challenges that um, I've seen or I face is just 
you know, understanding and managing the data, you know, there's tons of data and, and big data, right? Yeah. Especially with some of these um, larger roadway projects or transit and rail projects. So, um, you know, managing that data is really hard for some people to comprehend and to get, you know, and to get in sync with. And But, but once they get it, then, you know, it's smooth sailing. So I definitely think managing that data is one of the challenges interoperability between those products um, and collaboration you know certainly certainly a challenge that i think you know is is making progress over the years or has made substantial progress over the years but still still a few challenges that uh that i think we need to work on um you know just as an industry um you know, just not having not having that support system. So, you know, a lot of, and I'm sure you can attest to this too, Eric, like not, not very many companies see the value in our type of position, right? In a CAD right. manager position. Yep. And it's not go. until, <laughs> yeah, you're usually yeah. the first to go. It's, yeah. it's a, it's a thankless job, right? And, yep. and it's really hard to market and um, promote the value that we bring to projects. Yeah. Um, but once a, a company sees that, then, you know, the sky is the limit. And, um, you know, I think, you know, that's certainly a challenge that I've faced in my own uh, professional development is, is trying to constantly show that value that a CAD manager, design technology manager brings to projects from a technology perspective right like can i get into the drawings and and do the actual project work and create alignments and profiles and and cross sections of course i can right we all can can i sit there and can i create templates and layers and styles etc of course i can we all can um but the true you know how do i want to say it um the uniqueness, right? The unique value that you bring is the strategic approach to moving forward and not just sitting in that endless cycle of cranking out new styles and templates and, and, um, you know, that sort of thing is being more proactive and not reactive. If that makes sense. Totally. That's like my, my mantra. Um, you know, that's the only, that's the only way I know how, well, I mean, the only way, but I feel like that's one of the things, I think that's one of the things that makes us CAD managers shine is that when we can be in a proactive mode versus reactive, because then it makes it look like we don't know what we're doing. Right. Um, right. Right. So we can see know, the trains coming. Right. Correct. So yeah. Our <laughs> yeah. And that only comes with experience. I mean, you know, um, you know, and you can still, you can still be a CAD manager, not have like that depth of experience, but I think that next level, if you know, so if you're an up and coming CAD manager listening right now, throw yourselves in the deep end to those ones, even though it may be scary, but that's where you next level yourself. And for me, like I, I like to consider myself more of a project delivery manager. Um, so, yeah. you, know, you know, I've been in the AEC industry for a long time now and, you know, doing work for DOTs, um, you know, doing design build, that's my sweet spot. Um, but running those, helping, you know, get the production set up and QAQC and making sure the deliverables are done. And of course, rolling up your sleeves and doing the drafting if you need to as well. Um, but yeah, the, but those, are, you know, I had to freaking live in a hotel for months in Bellevue, Washington and months in Chicago twice um, to get that experience. Right. And I knew that would be very valuable to me because now 
I can look, I can look, take myself out of, out of the trenches for a minute and being able to connect some dots. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, that's funny. Like you have to do your time, right? Like, yep. you know, when we, when we were younger, we always heard that from our elders, right? You've got to do your time. You've got to put your time in, you know, yeah. and you get that rolling of the eyes, but it's, it's so true. I mean, my, I went to school for, for drafting and my very first job, I was like, Oh, I can get in there. I can draw lines. I can do all these things. And instead I, I sat in a blueprint room. Do you remember those old like physical blueprints, right? With the yeah, yellow correct, yeah. paper and yeah. the ammonia. Right. And that's what I did for like the first year. Uh, yeah. Uh, you were so, um, but at least it gives you the experience. You can see how things are, you know, uh, laid out and, you know, paying attention to detail. I think, you know, we're a, a unique uh, individual, right? Because we yeah. pay very close attention to detail, like yeah. almost too much, right? Like we, Correct. every yeah. little detail counts. Um, yeah. So it's, it's funny. You gotta do your time and yeah. and just learn as much as you can. Ask as many questions as you can. Don't be afraid to say, "I don't know how to do that." Can you show me? Yeah, yeah, so true. And I think that's what makes it. You know, I w I want to be somebody of true. Say, you know, I'm going on 23 years in this industry. So I want to be somebody of true 23 years of experience, not somebody with 20 years of one year of experience, right? Um, because, you know, as soon as you get stuck, you know, you get comfortable with something and then you just coast. Now, don't get me wrong. If you, that's what you want to do, that's great because we need workhorses like that. But if you have aspirations, yeah, if you have asked, so again, if you're listening to this podcast, you have aspirations to do more, bigger, I don't know, whatever it is that really, that really is at your heart and your core, maybe your current job isn't doing it you might need to just throw yourselves in the deep end and learn some different stuff and just be comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> and, and if you have a chance to, to network with people, I mean, yeah. that's, that's the way to go. Right. I mean, it's funny you mentioned AU earlier, but uh, you my, I've only been to AU three times at three times, maybe twice. Uh, and the third time was when, with last year in 2019, when, um, when we presented on our Dynamo for Civil 3D. And my first year going out there and, you know, I had packed my schedule. I'm going to sit in this class. I'm going to sit in that <laughs> class. I'm going to sit in this yeah. class. Rookie mistake, right? And yeah. I found that, you know, I learned the most not not to say that the classes were bad I, I certainly learned a lot from the classes but i also learned a lot from just the people i connected with yeah and it was like hey there are people like me in this world <laughs> you know like have the same common interests and are trying yeah. to accomplish the same thing so um, definitely network and use your network and, and reach out to people and, and ask questions and um you'll be just fine yeah, last year. So I've been in I've been in this game for 22 years, and um, last year was my first year at AU. Um, really? Yeah. That shocks me. Why? Yeah, are you just well, Are you just that much of an introvert that you don't you don't no, you don't like a lot of people? No, I love people. I love people. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're saying that, joking around. No, I love people. Um, it was just that usually I was I was at it was usually some big submittal, or I was out of town and stuck in some project office running a design build project. And so, you know, I wasn't able to go, you know, 
So it's like, you know, yeah. it was already, we were already working 12 to 16 hours a day on end, let, yeah, alone, let alone be gone as one of the main leaders of a project, of a project and be gone for four days or a week, <laughs> you know, yeah. we did it, but we had to pick our, you know, it was either AU or a vacation with my family. So, um, mm, you know, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, I think my wife would be like, you know, the kids, sorry, but, uh. No, but you yeah, know, I, I, I agree though. I mean, I agree. Cause you know, so luckily I reached out to some people before I said, Hey, this is my first year. They're like, what? Right. And so, right. But it was my first year. And so that's what the first thing that they said was just pick your classes, make sure you go to the ones that you really want to go to, but don't put pressure on yourself of stacking up your day. Um, you know, just right. net, network, do the meetings that you want to, Cause for me, you know, I've, I've had a lot of friends, um, you know, a lot of social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram friends, um, you know, that all of us have been kind of, we know each other through things we post or we follow each other. And so it was kind of cool to kind of touch base with some folks, um, you know, and, and then, you know, now, now doing this podcast, now I've, you know, I've up the level of, you know, cat managers that I truly know now. Um, and now I'm looking forward to 2021, hopefully, and then we can all meet up and say hi and stuff. And so, in in person, right? Yeah, per, definitely. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to that time too. Yeah, I'm a little bummed that uh, AU is not in person, but you know, it is what it is, and Correct. it's important for us all to stay safe. So we'll still learn. We'll still continue sharing knowledge. So just in a different in a different way. Yeah. Correct. Now speaking of sharing knowledge, so you did a Dynamo for Civil 3D class. Can you explain a little bit what that was and what? What are the benefits of integrating Dynamo into the workflow? Yeah, so, um, you know, I, 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 again, you know, I'm not a Revit person, but I, I constantly heard about, you know, Dynamo, Dynamo, Dynamo over the last couple of years. And geez, what is this program? Oh, it's for, it's for the Revit guys. I don't, I don't need to pay attention to it. And then when um, Dynamo for Civil 3D was released in April of last year, in 2019, I thought, okay, now I have to, now I'm intrigued, right? And I want to know more. So I started diving into it. I was like, this is, this is really cool, right? So, so I'm sure you're familiar with list routines. Um, you know, and if you're a CAD manager out there, you've heard of list routines. You've probably um, either wrote your own or you scoured the internet, found something that was similar, modified it for your purpose and used it, right? And really it, those list routines are really enable you to do something faster, right? right? Automate in some way, reduce the amount of clicks and picks. And Dynamo is very similar, except that uh, it's not a bunch of syntax and, and, you know, certain type of code that you have to write in a text file to apply it. It's, it's all visual, um, which is, is great for me because I'm, I'm a visual person. Um, and I can, I can read code. I just can't write it. Right. So uh, that's kind of like people who say that, you know, they can speak Spanish, but they can't write it or they can speak a different language if it's in a conversation, but they can't write it down. Um, and that's very much how I am with, with code. So Dynamo came out, started going through and, um, you know, there was a lot of specific challenges inside of civil 3d. Right. And, and it's really about, reducing the amount of clicks and picks. So yes, you can do all of these same commands in Civil 3D or in Revit, but the idea is that, you know, things are constantly changing. 
your project is never like set in stone until like a day before delivery, right? So mm-hmm. you're always modifying it. You're always updating it. And who wants to do that same amount of clicks and picks over and over and over again? So as much as Civil 3D is automated to a degree, what else can we do to automate those repetitive tasks even more? Um, and one of the benefits of Dynamo is that you can access, you know, any type of Civil 3D object or CAD object like layers or text or alignments or profiles, et cetera, um, all in this visual type of environment. So it's kind of like the old uh, visual basic. Have you ever taken any of those classes yeah, in, right. in college or, right, yeah. these, these little dialogue boxes and windows, and it, yep. it feels very similar. You just kind of connect them with lines and Dynamo takes care of the rest. So it's fun. Um, you know, I've, I've, I haven't had much of an opportunity to really deep dive into Dynamo and all the, the latest toolkits and packages that are out there. But I really feel like the community, at least on the civil 3D side of Dynamo, has, has really exploded over the last year. So, um, you know, lots of conversation happening on the forums and on the Dynamo BIM forums. And um, so it's been fun. It's been cool. I'm always looking for ideas of things to try out in Dynamo and, and see if that helps because that's so that's why I get up in the morning, Eric, and I'm, I'm sure many CAD managers are, this, are the same way, right? I get up in the morning because I want to, I want to see that light bulb go off for somebody, yeah. one person a day. And if I can make that happen, then I can go to sleep that night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, and so this is one of the things. So when you say that, um, obviously I know you're genuine and authentic. And what I was telling others, like, as I'm doing this master class and meeting all of these other awesome professionals, is that everybody so far truly has a heart to help other people succeed. Um, and I think that's what makes a lot, a lot of people, but especially our community, really special. Um, and so, and you're another testament to that. So that's, um, so that's awesome. Um, what yeah, do you, the the, the greatest feeling is when somebody goes, you know, I was really scared of this. And, and that's exactly what happened after our uh, presentation at AU. You know, you're in the hallways and so there's a lot of people in those classes. So you don't remember everyone's face. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you're walking through the hallways and somebody will come up and say, hey, I sat in your Dynamo class. And, and you know, I have to tell you, I was really scared of this program before sitting in that class. Now I can't wait to get back home and try this out. Yeah, um, awesome. And that's like, you know, that is the best feeling for me ever. And I'm, you know, my response is cool. When you come up with something, share it with me. And I'm more than happy to do the same. So, you know, in my spare time, I'm working on a, on a website um, where I can just kind of post about things and uh, specifically Dynamo for Civil 3D and, um, and post some scripts up there that people can use for free or as a starting point. And, you know, I just, I just want the community to continue to grow and thrive off of each other. That's awesome. You'll be the, the queen of Dynamo. <laughs> yeah, you're not the first person to call me that. <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but. Uh, that's awesome. Well, you know, when we think about, I mean, I guess for like somebody like me, so I know I've had a lot of, I've had a couple of um, um, EITs ask, hey, well, I just saw this thing on Dynamo. Great. Um, you know, we'll install it. Um but I think for like cat, I guess just for the community, it's really understanding like what can I really do with this technology? 
right? Because it's obviously it's different. It's it's no different than Lisp because you can you know right, you're, you're minimizing clicks, clicks and picks, right? Right, and so right. But it's just it's a different way of doing it, but it's probably also more powerful because it could probably do more than what a Lisp can do. So, Way more powerful. Yeah. yeah, there's geometry aspects in there. It's not just yeah. a matter of the clicks and picks. You can create geometry. You can, you know, a- a- analyze things, import and export, and, you know, create your own, you know, type of coding with Python integration and C-sharp integration. So I don't know that I have fully unlocked all of its power, right? Yeah. Um, I think that I've just kind of dipped my toe into into the water just to see what it's about and, and what I learned thus far, that's what I shared. Um, but I'm interested to see how other people, you know, what other people find and, and interested to read about that and see what they do, which will yeah. just expand my knowledge too. So, right. uh, yeah, you- I mean, we're still unlocking all of its capabilities yeah. and powers. Definitely. Yeah, so do you, do you still think it's, well, it seems like it's still a wild, wild west then with it? Um, you know, I don't, I don't know that it's a wild, wild west, but I, I definitely feel that, um, you know, in its first release, there was minimal, you know, nodes or, or you know, those little boxes that you could use. Um, little, those nodes are kind of like connection points to civil 3D objects, like yeah. points and point groups and that sort of thing. So, there was um, a short list of nodes, and I think a lot of people dived into it and then thought, yeah, but I can't do this, and I can't do that, and I can't do this yet. So, um, you know, they kind of retreated a little bit, but more, most recently, I think, like, within the last couple of weeks, maybe even a month, you know, some of the Autodesk guys, uh, Paulo specifically, are you familiar with Paulo? I've heard his name, yes. Is it Paulo and um, Emilio? Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they just came out with a package called the Civil 3D Toolkit, and there is hundreds, maybe even a thousand of new nodes that they um, created in that package to supplement, you know, the basic package of Dynamo. So you definitely look it up if it's something you're interested in. I think I think that the tools are becoming more robust obviously you know we're a year into it so um i'm definitely excited to see what other what other things we can do with it now that more and more nodes and packages in the community is starting to create stuff yeah that's awesome yeah when i saw a preview of it early on um um, um i do i do visualizations and i use 3d studio max or max yes and so i saw the nodes because that's what they integrated too when you're applying materials to different parts of the 3D model. Right. And so, yeah, right, so right. I saw that one. Oh, I can kind of wrap my mind around this now. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so yeah, I'm excited about it. Again, I, that's something I want, I have to, I want to dive into more because at right, end of the day, I, you know, if we're a CAD manager, if we're a CAD manager type person, I think this is something we all think we all have to kind of learn because at the end of the day, we're trying to uh, be more efficient. We're trying to streamline tasks. And, you know, to me, if, if I can, and I think when we do that, it, what I say is, you know, predictability leads to high quality, right? If we know we built in these things to help us ensure we're getting the right product or we're streamlining it, then it's going to increase our, our chances of truly having a really high quality, robust deliverable. 
Um, and so that's what I'm, that's what, when I look at Dynamo, that's kind of what I'm thinking of how, you know, how can we be better and quicker? Yeah, um, definitely. Um, what was one of your biggest mistakes as a CAD manager and how has that helped you, helped you in your career moving forward? Oh, I think in the beginning when I was, um, uh, started out as a, a CAD manager, you know, 10 years ago, I, I was, I made the rookie mistake of thinking, you know, of being too aggressive and too abrasive and saying, these are the standards, everybody's got to follow them. And if you don't follow them, then you're just not good enough. Right. And I think that that's a huge mistake. I think it's important to listen to people and to hear their needs and to hear their frustrations and to hear their wants, right? Like yeah. everybody wants to go home to their family at the end of the night at five o'clock or, or whatever time and know that they made forward progress and, and not less stressed and, and less frustration. Nobody wants to be at the office until two, three o'clock in the morning trying to get planned out. So, you know, cause there's a submission the next day and all yeah. oh, these CAD files just won't open and that sort of thing. So I, I think one of my biggest mistakes was just trying to be too abrasive and not, not just listening, just listen. And um, if you're a good listener, uh, you know, they will work themselves out, right? And people are more inept to listen to you if you listen to them first. So, you know, somebody comes to me and, and says, well, I'm having a problem. I'm struggling with this file and it's just not working. It's just not working. Okay, that's fine. I'll tell you what, you take 10 minutes and, you know, go get a drink of water, go get a coffee, go do something. Give me a second to take a look at the file and then we'll come back and we'll regroup. And, you know, I, I feel like just that stop, walk away for a minute, and then come back to the situation is, is you know, makes, makes a league of difference. Nobody wants to call up somebody for help and support, and they're like, well, you didn't follow this correct, and you didn't follow that correct. You know, they just shut down, and, and all they want to do is hang up, right? So definitely listen, um, because I did not do that in the very beginning. Um, but lessons learned, right? I mean, yeah. we all... We all learn <laughs> and progress forward. So, so just listen. Yeah, nice. Yeah, that's, um, again, the, the heart of a, of a CAD manager because that was also some, that's, that's been a good thread among a lot of the, the masterclass um, interviews was, you know, being a good listener, empathy, right? Just, yeah. you know, putting yourself in their shoes and, you know, just like you said, if, if, they're going to listen when you show that you care and you're willing to listen as well. So well said. I like that. Um, what would you consider to be your CAD manager superpower? Oh my God. I have a uh, superpower. <laughs> yep. I don't think it's a superpower. What are you really good at? What are you really good at that you like, you know, come to work and this problem comes your way, you don't sweat it at all? Um, I don't know. I, I, I think I'm a, a really good organizer. Like I, I really like things very neat and orderly and organized when it comes to dealing with, I don't know, just data and files and interoperability. And yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know that that's a superpower, but I do like the challenges that each 
that each day brings, right? It's not yeah. the same thing every day. No. Um, it's not those mundane things over and over and over again. So I, I guess, I don't know if it's a superpower. It's just, <laughs> that's what I enjoy, right? It's the nice. challenge, right? To, yeah. to say today I'm going to solve somebody's problem, right? Or I'm going to solve a problem today. And it might be that problem for this one individual. It might be a problem for this entire team. It might be an, a, a problem for the entire industry, right? So, yep. um, but we're going to solve problems. So I, I don't know if that's a superpower, but if you think it is, then we'll go with that. Uh, awesome. Well, <laughs> How about uh, you? What's your superpower? <laughs> for, yeah. Well, for me is the, well, I got, I think I have a couple of things that I think fall into kind of that. One is um, the ability to take my lumps with these big, tough projects. Um, I put myself out there for, you know, I was literally, I'm not, I'm not lying when I say this, for almost three years, we worked probably 12 to 16 hours a day five to six days a week um and That's so rough. yeah i mean it's it, amazing experience with the right people it was awesome um but um yeah i mean we it was it was it was insane to see because it was a the pressures of design build right so it's accelerated accelerated deliverables accelerated schedules you have so much to do within you know, what would take you three months, you're doing it in a week or two. It's just insane. Um, but with the right people, you get stuff done. But some people just couldn't handle that. And I've seen grown professionals, grown men melt down, um, quit, just literally just froze because people were asking so much of them and they just couldn't. And that's when, that's when my thesis of, you know, design build isn't made for anybody. And, you know, you need to make sure you have the right um, the right people who can handle the speed and the, and the hustle of it. Um, yeah, so, I definitely the, agree. It, it yeah. definitely takes teamwork, right? And, yeah. and you're only as strong as your weakest team member, right? So yeah. <laughs> definitely takes teamwork. Yeah. And then the other thing I really love to do is I, re I do a really good job of doing CAD reviews. So give me a plan set and I'll make sure that, you know, Everything, from, at least from a drafting CAD perspective, is caught. Everything looks consistent. Um, I can, I love that part. See, detail-oriented, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> detail-oriented. Yeah, some of my, cause, yeah, I try to have some of my senior drafters do checks, too. They're like, um, you know, and so they're just like, well, I'm not going to do it like I do you. I said, well, you know, you know what I'm expecting, because you, you already see the right. red lines I give you. That's what, that's the level that we, I would, I would hope you can get to because that means that we're right. catching everything. Um, so anyway, yeah, I love it. I mean, I could do that all day. Um, and so, but uh, sounds kind of weird, but yeah. Um, and now that no, we're doing Bluebeam, we're doing Bluebeam. I've gotten really good at it in Bluebeam, so. Well, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on the future of CAD? Oh, my thoughts on the future of CAD. I want to get away from the naming convention of CAD, right? It's, uh -huh. it's, it's, it is computer-aided drafting and design, but it's so much more than that, right? Like, we could probably get into another hour-long conversation about <laughs> BIM and PIM Sam, and yeah. information modeling. Right, right. Yeah. Whatever, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, so, you know, what, it, what is the future of CAD? I really think that the future is all about the data, 
and how do we work with those data with that data across different teams across different um, disciplines and platforms um, aspects and platforms of a project right and and bringing everybody together in that collaborative space where everything is is seamless um, you know it, so it doesn't matter if I bring it into Revit or Civil 3D or Plant 3D or Basic AutoCAD I'm still getting all of that data in the same way and I can still access that data in the same way so I I I think that the future of CAD, as I say with quotes in, in the air, is, is really about data. Yeah, I agree. I think in that data for, when I think of data, well, it comes in many forms, but at least at the, at the, at the root of it is the 3D model, right? So Revit does a 3D model for the buildings. Civil 3D does a um, 3D model for the terrain and the roads and, you know, anything kind of on that horizontal type of design but the one thing right. that and you'll and I know you'll get this is the one thing that's always bugged me and I don't know why nobody really focuses on it I know they are but they're not um, is the bridge design you know besides InfraWorks right I know Bentley has one has a couple of different things right. that they use nobody to me it just seems like we do all this all this design in 3D you get to the approach of a bridge and there's a big hole and it's just 2D. Yeah. It's just 2D layout lines for the bridge. When probably that's the that's the thing you actually probably want to be in 3D, so you can see how it inter how it interacts with the terrain, you know, at, at the full elevation. Um, right. Anyway, so that's just and and that's close to my heart because I'm a, you know, I worked I worked at the um, Oregon Department of Transportation. I got into the AEC, right. AEC realm by being a a structural engineering technician doing bridges. And so that's my so do you think that do you think that nobody is really focused on it because you know one vendor has their foothold in in the dots versus the other so you yeah. know i certainly think that autodesk has come out with some new features and tools for bridges i don't know about them because i i haven't really dived into them yeah. um but what i you know what i'm hoping is that we start to see this this transition of of you know, not, not 2D plan centric, but like you were saying, the information model and, yeah. you know, you talking about bridges, I'm, I'm married to a geologist. So <laughs> my biggest thing that, you know, nobody ever talks about what's below the earth, right? Like we this build stuff on top of it, but we don't care what's underneath it. And uh, I, until you get I, sued, <laughs> until right, right. falls over I, then what was that? Right, what right. was that built on? <laughs> Right, right. We we build it on sand. Well, no wonder, right? Or or you know yeah. something to that effect. So oh, maybe crazy, it's yeah. just the, the fact because I'm married to a geologist. I or or but yeah. nobody really talks about subsurface at all. So you know, as we start talking about data and this exchange of data, I would love to see the geotechnical side of things come into the mix and and really yeah. start to be talked about and 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 model the information that's below the earth. Yeah. Wouldn't that be something though, right? I mean, think about this. Like we do, we do the road design, we do a 3D bridge design, and then the bridge design, you can run an analysis because the geotechnical actually has some kind of smart model, right? With the different right. types of layers that you're, that, that's in the ground at that point, right? So that way when you do the loads and it's it's getting all the, the pressure put on it and then you can do like you know a flood or 
whatnot, right? You can actually run these analysis to see if this erosion, is, et cetera. Yeah, right. that'd, be, I'd be, that'd be awesome, actually. Uh, that'd be cool. Right? So nobody's talking about that yet, Eric. Nope. So that's, that's, you, <laughs> that's, your, that's our secret, okay? okay. <laughs> and, you heard it all, here first, people. people. Eric listening. and I, <laughs> that's right. You heard it here first. first. We came up with this idea. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I think you're right, though. I think, but really, I mean, it's too, I mean, again, Autodesk has, I need to, I need to look at some of the newer InfraWorks tools. Again, they have it. They have yes. some stuff in there. It does kind of what you need. At least when I looked at it, it was, you know, a, a couple of years ago when I was really doing a lot of this. Um, and so again, two years goes by and I'm pretty sure there's all sorts of cool tools now. Um, but yeah, anyway, but and, and yeah. From what I hear, there used to there used to be like a bridge module that was part of Civil 3D, Correct. if you remember. Yep. And I think I they just yep. they just yep. did away with it in the last couple of versions. And I think yep. it's now part of of Reddit, right? Or there's a Reddit structure. There's yep. something Correct. to that effect. Yep. And they're saying, well, you know, just use just use Reddit to do it. But for Civil 3D people like me, I you don't you don't want me in Reddit trying to to build a bridge because uh, <laughs> that, that bridge might look a little funny. Yeah. Um, well, and again, so, it, all, it all depends on how the tools are. And, you know, um, Bentley has one. Is it Leap Bridge? They have a I module. think so. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. That one yeah. is pretty cool because you actually, so the dialogue box is, it's like a typical section of a bridge, right? So you can pick out your rail, your slope, your deck, your superstructure. So you can pick your Ashto girders. What kind of cap does it have? What kind of columns? And so then you tell it, I want it to start, the model for this bridge is going to be from this station to this station. And it actually draws it in 3D along with your, with your alignment in, in microstation slash inroads. Um, right. It, it was pretty cool. Cause I'm like, whoa, this is what I'm talking about because now I can adjust things, spacings, and it was really cool. But anyway, but yeah, I, I'm just I'll hoping. Have to check that out. Yeah, I'm just hoping that, um, and again, some of that might be a part now of the, um, you know, open road designer, some of that might open be in there. Road, I don't know. Yeah. And I don't, I haven't, we haven't played around with that too much or haven't looked at it from a bridge perspective at least, but anyway, um, but it just right. makes it, it makes it exciting because I think that's once we get to that point where all these things, like you said, the under the underground, the bridges, the roads, the buildings, once we can truly have this interoperability, I think how we deliver projects is, is next level. <laughs> Right. Absolutely. Uh, it's going to so, change everything. Yeah. That's yeah, going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to that. Again, we'll probably be a few years out, but hopefully it happens. <laughs> hopefully it happens in my, in my, uh, career. <laughs> yeah. Well, the way that they <laughs> that freaking make it, yeah, by the time, by, by the way they release all these versions, <laughs> it, it, hopefully it gets there sooner than later. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Um, <laughs> um um, what is one lesson or lessons you wish other CAD managers knew? Oh, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. What's one lesson? Wait, ask me a question again. I, I, what, is, what is one lesson or lessons? Maybe you have a couple that just come to mind. Um, you wish other CAD managers knew. We talked about listening earlier. so. I was going to yeah, maybe I mean, say I, this, but, you know, I thought I could yeah, throw it I out think, there in case something else popped up. Yeah, I think it's, I think it would be redundant, a redundant answer, right? I mean, just, just listening to people and, and being willing to share knowledge and meet people. And if somebody asks you a question, don't just kind of brush them off. Like, you know, 
Uh, so, you know, be willing to, to talk and be open a, about it. And, um, yeah, I got, I, that's, that's my redundant answer, Eric. Sorry. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Um, do you, so where can the CAD manager confessions audience follow you on your journey? Uh, LinkedIn is probably the best, uh, resource. Um, yeah, LinkedIn, definitely. Um, I have a Twitter account, but I, I, I gotta be honest with all the social media platforms out there, <laughs> it's really hard to keep up. It's really yeah. hard to keep up. So, um, you know, sometimes I, I check Twitter, but I'm, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, pretty regularly. Um, you know, more so than any other social platforms. So definitely look me up on LinkedIn. Um, you can look me up at, at you know, auditus.com, Auditus University. I answer the forum questions. You know, um, uh, I am an expert elite, so I'm sure you'll awesome. hear my name and, and see yeah. me out there. Um, so don't be afraid to just say hi and or, hey, heard, heard your podcast, just thought I'd say hi uh, or connect. I'm, awesome. I'm not a scary person, so... Awesome. I won't shine you. <laughs> Great. Um, well, first of all, you've, it's, it's been awesome. I think you've done a lot of awesome, great knowledge bombs, insights, um, perspectives, but what is one parting advice or thoughts that you have to the CAD management community? Oh, parting advice. Um, don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it right or that it's not it doesn't make sense or it doesn't bring any value because it certainly does um you know take take eric and i's advice who've been in this industry for 20 plus years and and still have the other cad managers that you've uh interviewed so don't let anybody tell you that it can't be done or that there's no value to it because that's not the case and and don't be afraid to be a thought leader and to come up with a new idea and and share it um, cause there's definitely people out there who are, who are willing to listen and learn. Stacy, well said, um, again, thank, thank <laughs> you. Thank, thank you for uh, being a part of this masterclass. It definitely, um, you know, you definitely, um, yeah, thanks for the Red Rover call. Yeah. Thanks for the Red Rover call. I tried to have some humor in there and it actually it worked this time. It's like, hey, that's like Red Rover. Right that over. was Just the best. Right over. <laughs> that was the best. So uh, uh, thanks for the invite. I appreciate it. It's, it's been fun talking to you. Yeah, same here. Um, thank you again. Thank you for your time and um, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you found the things we talked about today valuable, I would be honored if you would subscribe and or leave a review. Until next time, continue to challenge the status quo, be the leader you wish you had, don't be afraid to step into your greatness, and good luck in your pursuit for the perfect set of plans.